0: Hi there. You're listening to the Trinity Community Church podcast, TCC, a home for you.
1: All right, it's good to see everybody this morning. Welcome to Trinity Community Church. I'm Pastor TJ. Are you happy to be here today? Can you feel God in the house? you know why He's here? Don't you? For you. Don't miss an opportunity to connect to the God of the universe. Keep your heart open. And God might surprise you what He may do through you if you let Him. So, we had an amazing day yesterday, my family. My, my, my daughter in law came upon a, a little flyer uh, that there was a Greek festival yesterday in Media PA. I didn't even know Media PA existed. I've never been to Media PA. Is it Media? Is that right? Well, they, Apparently, they have a Greek festival. God bless that community. So, I'm going to say. So we took a little ride out there, and we stuffed ourselves with Greek food and dance and merriment, and it was, dare I say, beautiful. It was incredible, and, and it, was, it was nuts, and the thing that, that shocked me was this. This little Greek church is in the middle of nowhere in Media, PA, but the line of cars... To find this, they were parked everywhere on the lawn, outside. I mean, there were cars everywhere, there were people everywhere. It was absolutely bananas. And it reminded me of this fact if you want to find something bad enough, you'll find it. Right? You know, if you want it so bad, you'll find it. It's funny to me, sometimes we forget that that's also true of our spiritual life and our spiritual faith. God said, If you seek me with all my heart, you will find me. Some of you are struggling to find God, but let's just be real. Are you really looking for him? If you look for him, you'll find him. And sometimes we forget a church that is postured to seek God's face is powerful, and God can do a lot of things through it. So, what do we need to do as a church to be postured to be able to experience God's love power and his presence? Well, there's one thing. You know, I'm a I'm a I like to grow as a leader, I like to grow as a, I'm always reading. I'm a book nerd. And I'm doing stuff. And you always get these books that are like the latest and the greatest things that happen. And then there is this latest, greatest thing that churches need to do in order to be in alignment with God's heart and in order to see God flow through them in power. Ready? This is the latest and greatest. It's going to blow you away. Hang on to this. You may want to write this down. Ready? Pray. P R A Y. Pray. Prayer is the gasoline in the engine of the church. It is. If you want your church to be something, you got to pray. If you want to be something as a believer, you have to spend time with God. If not, your faith will be thin, and God won't be able to use you. So as we look into the fall, you guys know this as a church. You know, we're passionate about two big things here. We're a church that pursues God's presence. Why? God's presence brings transformation in our life. My talks don't bring transformation in your life. I could talk all day long. Our programs are not enough on their own. Our worship team is not enough on their own. How many of you know that when you come into contact with God's presence, everything changes? Did you ever read the Bible? Nobody ever encountered God and like left the same. So we pursue God's presence, but we're also a church that is passionate about people. People matter to God, especially people that don't know him. And because they matter to God, they matter to us. So that means this, we dump the tanks, we drop the nets in order to see people come to know God. That's just what we do. So, you know, I don't know if you heard this or not, but every October we do this little thing called Family Fest. Uh, just a little tiny gathering of four to 5,000 people that will be here. And understand this, beloved, we're going to have candy and games and all this stuff. And we can plan as much as we want, but unless we seek the Lord and we pray, transformation will not happen. That's why we do this. So we're starting an initiative. If you saw outside, you'll see uh, some of these little booklets, these prayer booklets outside. And if you hit the QR code, you take a picture of it, you get the PDF of the uh, the prayer guide for October. We need you to pray. This is a daily prayer guide in order for us to be effective for Family Fest. This crazy thing happens when we praise the church. The more we pray, the more God infuses this thing with his love, power, and presence. By the time we get to the day of the event, it's like easy peasy lemon squeezy. Do you know why? Because you put the time in in prayer. So I need all of you to pray to seek the Lord and to ask God to, to help us you know, reach as many people with the gospel as we possibly can. Now that being said, we're going to take another step with prayer as well. Once a month we have this thing called prayer furnace. We come and we gather for an hour and we pray in the sanctuary. Well, in October, we're going to do a thing called prayer furnace extreme. Everybody say extreme. extreme. So extreme is not like normal. It's more than normal. We're going to lay aside 24 hours on October the 24th. That is, you know, midnight Monday, which is, you know, Sunday, Sunday midnight for 24 hours. We're going to pray in this room, in this house for God to release his heart on our community right here. We're going to ask you You get your phone, click on a a thing for a QR code. We're going to ask you to take a one hour time slot, not at home, but here. How many of you know you can give God one hour? One hour. He gave you his life. You can give him an hour. We're going to come here. We'll have it set up like a prayer furnace and we're going to storm heaven and pray for God to save our community. Prayer is gasoline in the engine of the church. As a church, if we want to take a step, we cannot do the same things that we did for the old wine. New wine is coming. Are you with me? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be incredible. And you get to be a part of it. So again, pray for this. We'll talk a little bit more about Family Fest later and then uh, also... Uh, Sign up for Prayer Extreme. All right. All of the announcements are done. How are you doing? Good? We're in the last week of our series, Deep Living. This whole month, we've talked about what it means for us to take our faith to a deeper level. When it comes to your faith and spirituality, you get out of it what you put into it. Some of you here, and you have a very non-dynamic, boring faith. Congratulations. That's what you put into it. How many of you know that that's true? If you want to be effective for the kingdom, if you want God to do amazing things in and through your life, you have to be willing to step in and be the person that God created you to be. So we've looked this entire month at what that looks like, how to love God and how to love people extravagantly. Last week, we talked about what it means to be a living sacrifice. Sacrifices don't get the chance to say how they want to be sacrificed. Sacrificed. We are simply available. We surrender to God. This week, today, we put the cherry on top of the Sunday. We finish everything up. Let me introduce you to somebody. This is my friend, Tom Rowley. Maybe. There he is. I met Tom in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Tom was a football coach at our high school. We connected as we coached. And um, as I got to know Tom, he was just an amazing guy. He was a policeman in our city. And uh, we formed a friendship. And eventually, Tom gave his heart to Christ. He came to church, his whole family gave their hearts to Christ, they came to church, and he was just a beautiful brother. Um, he was one of about three or four policemen we had in our, in our church. And just, we just would hang out, we'd have good times, I'd spend time with him on the football field. Well, I did a little bit of um, chaplain work for the, the police department, so one day Tom comes up and he goes, hey, he says, you want to go on a ride along with me? And I said, well, what's that? He said, well, you get to ride in a car with me all day, he goes, and we get to face danger together. And I was like, sign me up! Danger! So in my head, I'm thinking, I got all this stuff and all the gear, and what they give you is a t-shirt that says "Champion chaplain, and you pray to God you don't get shot. How many you know t-shirts don't stop bullets? (laughs) So he jumped in the car, and off we went, and it was nuts. Have you ever been on a ride-along? You get the radio going, and it's crazy. (laughs) They got all the (laughs) colors. We got a 1472 out here at Maple Street. We're going to Maple Street. We're going to Maple Street. I remember our first call was a domestic call. Two dogs in the neighborhood got into a fight and the owners got into a fight because their dogs got into a fight so we had to separate the neighbors, separate the dogs, and bring peace. That was my first assignment. I was flawless. It was incredible. <laughs> then the next call was a little awkward. We had called because there was another domestic dispute in an apartment building and we went in and there was some drug-related stuff. As I walked in, I made an incredibly horrific discovery. The place we were at were two of my parishioners. I walked into the room and they're screaming obscenities at each other. They look up and they go, Pastor? (laughs) Hi diddly ho, neighbor. We even got one crazy call. This is nuts. We got a reverse 911 call to the industrial part of our city. That means they called 911 and they hung up real quick. Usually that happens if there's danger and they can't talk. So they scrambled like three other squad cars. So we show up at this place, and like my heart's beating, and this is pretty intense. I'm like, Tom, do I need to stay in the car? No, no, you come out with me. Everything I do, you do. I said, okay. So these guys get out there, and they all got their guns drawn, and their backs are against the wall. There's this big brick building, and there's this big plate glass window, and we're walking in the building, and I'm just not paying attention. I walk past, and I look, and all the guys, all the policemen are about six you know, feet behind me on the other side of the plate glass window, and I'm standing right in the middle of the window like a Sasquatch. <laughs> True story. I go, Tom! I said, should I be there with you? And he goes, yeah, that's a good idea. So I went back and I said, Tom, do you have a pamphlet or something you can give me? So I, don't get, so I don't get shot and I don't die. We had a ball. It was an amazing day. And I got to spend a lot of time with Tom. And I asked him, I said, Tom, I said, how did you get into this? And this is how he got into it. He's working at Burger King as a teenager. Non-religious guy. Did no church background at all. And their Burger King got held up. And the guy held them all by gunpoint. Made him go into the freezer. And he says, I thought that day I was going to die. So I'm in the freezer with the other five employees. And I'm wondering what they're going to do with us. He says, and I'm talking to God. You ever talk to God in those pressure situations? And he says, I told God, God, if you get me out of this, I'll give my life to you. He says, the next thing I know, the freezer door opens and I'm expecting death. And it's a policeman that walks in and says, are you okay? He said, at that moment in my life, I knew that's what I was going to be, a policeman. And then he told me this. He said, I didn't know why I needed to be a policeman. He goes, until I gave my heart to Christ. He said, I realized in that moment when I gave my heart to Christ, God called me to be a policeman, and he called me to bring light and justice into dark situations. That's what I do. That's why I breathe air. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Tom understood, and he figured out his purpose. Do you know that all of us have been given a purpose by God? You were not created to suck air, go to work, eat some food, go to bed and do it all over again. That is not your purpose in life. God created you to accomplish something. He created you to do something. And that thing that he made you for is so unique, it's like your fingerprint. Only you can pull it off, only you can do it. Now, other people do things that look like what you do, but nobody does anything just like you. They just don't. And I can tell you this right now, in over 30 years of ministry, the greatest question that I get all the time is, Pastor, how do I figure out my purpose? How do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know what God wants me to be? Why do you think that's the number one question we have? Do you know why it is? God wired you for a purpose. He wired you to do something. And we spend our life in the pursuit of that thing. So how do you figure out what you're supposed to do? What is the path that you take that finally unveils your purpose? Well, i got good news for you. If you're here today, I'm going to tell you. And we're going to walk through it together. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It's a very familiar passage that I think God left breadcrumbs in to show us how we can walk out our purpose. We can figure it out. Sometimes this purposing is so far out in the horizon, we can't piece together how we're supposed to get there. And understand this, beloved. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise the little steps. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by Him. Let Him guide you in each step that you take every day. This is Romans 8.28. It says this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. How many have ever heard that verse before? Maybe you have it on a cup. Maybe you have it on a picture on your wall. This is one of those verses you see in Christian greeting cards, right? But what does it mean? What was God's plan with this? Well, there's a few things that we can mine from this that'll help us to figure out what God wants us to do. The first is this. God can use everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. Say it again. Everything. Everything. God can use everything in your life to help form and release your divine purpose. Not just the good stuff. He uses everything. This word here for for all is panta. which, ready? you ready for this? I'm going to teach you some Greek. It means this. All. Shocking. Everything. Everything. The whole kit and caboodle. God uses in your life the good, the bad, and the ugly to bring about his purposes. All parts of your life in His hands, are usable. God can do things with it if you trust Him with those things. Even those broken, fallen parts of you. Even the decisions that you made that took you down roads that were bad. And even the bad that was done upon you by people. You know the people that hurt you. All of those dark chapters in your life, God can use them to help deform you. He can turn all of those things for good. But there's a catch. He can only do it if you let him, everything at the feet of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus, you've got to put it at his feet. If you hold on to it, he can't do anything with it. Have you ever tried to help like a toddler or one of the little kids and they've got a toy that's broken and you want to fix the toy and you say, give me the toy. And then like the battle ensues. Do you ever try to get something from a toddler that doesn't want to give you something? A toy? a cookie, a knife, a straw, a taser. Good luck getting that away from them. No, no, no. We do that with God all the time with our stuff. We hide the bad moments of our life to God as if he doesn't know what they are. Beloved, God can use all of those things in our lives. Instead of hiding and burying those things, you choose to lay them at his feet. You take those things to God and you allow him to speak into those broken places. Because let's be real. The past is done. Do you know where the past exists right now? Everybody take your fingers. Put them on your temples. Right here. In your gray matter. That's where it exists. It's in your memories. Some of you are stuck right here. Reliving moments that cannot be changed. Reliving moments that have no purpose. Other than to harass you. That's it. Some of you have lost loved ones. Understand this, beloved. Beloved. Life In life, there is hello and goodbyes. It's hard to receive the hellos unless you've made peace with the goodbyes. In your life, there's going to be things that you've knocked out of the park. Don't live in those moments. Do you ever meet anybody that lived in the glory days? Back in my day, then just shut down. And don't get stuck in your worst moments either. Do you know anybody like that? Now, sometimes as a church, beloved, we're very good at reminding people of their worst moments. Don't you ever do that. God doesn't do that with us. Don't you dare do that with anybody else. Don't define people by their lowest moments. We define people the way the Creator sees them. Image bearers. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Made with divine purpose. Your hands, your story in God's hands. The good, the bad and the ugly comes with it. It releases God's divine purpose like the fragrance of a rose if you trust him with it. We don't have a time machine. You can't go back in time and change things. Don't you wish you could? What would you change if you could go back in time? What would you tell yourself? Study more. Stay away from that crazy woman. Right? Don't eat that. It's a bad decision. Wouldn't it be great if you could go back and, and change all of those bad decisions in your life? Here's the reality. If you did that, the person you are now would not exist. You need it all in order to be the person that God can use. Sometimes you have to be familiar with suffering in order to understand the God that's the comforter. You have to understand the God that's a healer by being sick. Jehovah Jireh, your provider, it's hard to fully understand what that is unless you've been in need. All of these things God weaves together for us. He does. We can't change the past, but what you can do is trust God with those areas and ask Him to help you to heal you and to give you the courage that you need. Again, not to to just make them go away, but to bring completion and healing those things and to make those broken parts of you beautiful. Psalm 34, 18 says this, when someone is hurting or broken hearted, the eternal moves in close and revives him in his pain. Notice it doesn't say, takes away the pain. He raises you up in the midst of the pain. There are certain things, beloved, that we only learn and understand in our pain. Pain isn't bad. Pain in God's hands is precious. You have to, t- you have to trust Him with it. Romans 5, 3, and 4 says this. We also celebrate in the seasons of suffering because we know that when we suffer, we develop endurance, and which uh, which shapes our characters. When our characters are refined, we learn what it means to hope and anticipate God's goodness. How do you savor God's goodness? How do you understand and celebrate His God, uh, God's goodness the most? Is when you don't when you've experienced things that aren't good, right? Most of the people that sing about grace the most are the ones that have needed it the most. Those that don't understand mercy and grace very rarely have needed it. But let me just let you know on a little secret here. All of you need mercy and grace. Some are just a little more evident than others. God can use all of these things in your life if you trust him with it. So here's the question. Do you trust God with your lowest moments? Do you trust him with all things of your life? Or do you just pretend like that part of you didn't exist? Those fears and that brokenness didn't exist. If you want to experience healing, you have to lay them before God. That's the first step into discovering your purpose. Trust. Bow your heads for a second. Let's just take a pit stop here. Some of you have struggled with your past still. Have you given God, have you given God the opportunity to heal those parts of you? Or do you still struggle? Right now, just ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, have I, have I given you these parts of me to heal? Or do I hide them from you? And listen to what he tells you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you just like he speaks to me. All right, let's keep going. So we start the passage with understanding that God uses all things. Nothing in your past, nothing that you've experienced is wasted. Not in God's hands. He uses it all. He makes it part of the broth. He uses it all. Let's look at the passage again. It says, we know that all things work together for good. Now this is nuts when you think about it. How God can take all these extreme things these extreme decisions, all of these, these, these parts and these gears and these things that you've experienced in life, and somehow he puts them all together and he focuses them for your good. Now, what's cool in this is the Greek word there for to work together is synergio, which actually means this. It means to put forth, uh, put forth power together. Now, this is where we get the word, the, the, the English word synergy. Have you ever heard of that word? Now the definition of synergy is this. The combined power of a group of things that when they're working together that thing is greater than the total power achieved by them working separately. That means when you take this piece and this piece and this piece and you link them together the strength of the three makes that one thing greater than than either of the three could be by themselves. So process this. This is nuts. God will take the good the bad and the ugly parts of your life, He'll weave those together, and those three together, the sum of those three things, is greater than just the good all by itself. You need the other three aspects under the, under the power, the, the love, power, and presence of God in order to make that whole better, to make it bigger. Why do you think that is? Do you know why it is? God loves weakness. He does. The Bible says, when you're weak, We're strong. I love how the Passion puts it. It says, when I am weak, I become a portal to God's power. Think about that. God is okay with your weakness as you place it in His hands. If you could do everything on your own all by yourself, you would not need God. But beloved, let me just remind you of something very very important. We all need God. You do. That's what synergy is for us. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying this. When you trust God to weave all of the parts of your story together, the sum of all of those experiences together becomes more beautiful than you just whitewashing the good stuff, keeping the good stuff and getting rid of all the bad stuff. That story becomes bland and you ready for this? It's a fantasy. It's not real. When you come into God's house and you pretend that you have all your ducks in a row and you have no problems and and everything's fine, you do the gospel a disservice. You know what else you do? We present a falsehood to other believers. Because if all of us do that, nobody nobody comes here with the reality that, hey, sometimes life stinks. Sometimes you want to kick the dog. Don't you? Sometimes you want to look at your youngest child. Well, I, I should not go there. It's okay to be authentic and real with each other. It is. Paul said this, we should celebrate our weakness and you boast in your God. The formation of our faith does just not include the good parts of our story. Your testimony isn't just about the good parts of your story. Part of your testimony is the road that you had to take that, where you finally met God and then, then the, the beautiful thing that God did is he impacted your life. Do you know how powerful your testimony is? The Bible says this in Revelation in the last days, the enemy will be finally defeated by two things, the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony of the saints. You know what that is? Your story, your God's story, how he met you. Think about this, the blood of Jesus Christ and your story. That's it. Is it any reason why the enemy tries to get you to be quiet? Is there any reason why he tries to get us to shut up? It's so funny to me. This is weird to me. Because the things that we're passionate about, we talk about. You can't hide it, right? I mean, you guys have known me for almost three years now. What are some things that you know that I'm passionate about because I talk about them all the time? Food. Food. That's an easy one right there. (laughs) What foods do I like? Ice Ice cream. Somebody said Oreos from last week, too. Ice cream, 3 o'clock every day. What else do you know about me? I'm Greek. I've said that a few times, right? I'm Greek. Perhaps we're proud. I don't know. Here's my point. These are things that I'm passionate about. You hear them from me. They just spill out of me all the time. When's the last time you shared your faith with somebody? When's the last time you shared a God story with somebody? When's the last time you led somebody to Christ? Christ in us should be bubbling at the surface all the time. Just waiting to get out. If he's not, that doesn't mean you're not a believer. What it means is something has been derailed and and he's not bubbling at the surface right then and there. The goal is, I mean, I don't know about you, for me, Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. I don't know where I'd be without Jesus right now. I'd probably be dead. I have no idea. Why not tell everybody I know about him? Right? Am I wrong? You know, let that thing bubble inside of you. Your story is a powerful thing. Um, one of the privileges that I get as leading a church is I get to hear all of your stories. So today I'm going to invite Janice to come join me. Janice, just go ahead and grab the mic as you come up. Janice has an amazing story of how God found her. And then after he found her, some incredible things that God has done in her life since. Everybody make Janice feel welcome as she comes up. So Janice, tell us a little bit about your background, how you grew up, sure. um, and then you know some of the struggles that maybe you had before you met Christ.
0: Okay, so I um, I grew up. I have wonderful parents. They've been married for fifty years, um, and um, they were Catholic. Um, went to church every Sunday. We sat in the front pew. Um, but just for me personally, I never really connect it with God. I never really, I never really understood it. In um, Catholic mass, there's a lot of repetition of the prayers. And just to me, the words, it could, uh, instead of a prayer, it could have just been bippity boppity boo. Like it literally meant meant the same thing to me. So I just, I I just didn't get it. And um, so when I left for college when I was 17 and I no longer like had to go to church. So I didn't. And I kind of, thought, well, I'm not a church person, then I'm not like a God or Jesus person. And, you know, just things just kind of spiraled from there. And my 20s, 30s, 40s, I really suffered with a lot of, or struggled with a lot of, you know, depression, anxiety. Um, I just had this hole that I was, didn't know why or what. I just needed to fill it. And um, I had every, like, New York Times bestseller book Self improvement book and anything that was on Oprah, I had. I mean, and they're all really all the same. It's like change your life in thirty days, twenty one days to a new life, seven days to a better you. It's like all kind of the same, and um, but none of it worked at all. And um, that's sort of where I was.
1: Cool. So then you decided, you know, you went through the pandemic and stuff. Mm-hmm. You had an encounter. Tell everybody how you came to know Christ. And how you came to know us as a church.
0: Yeah, so um, when the pandemic hit, it, it hit me very hard. Um, it, all of a sudden, everything that I had as, as sort of outlets was taken away. So, you know, the gym, going to coffee with my girlfriends, um, volunteering at my daughter's school, just sort of every everything. So... Um, there were some, like a lot of people really struggled. I don't know if you've ever been at home locked down with a five-year-old. I mean, they, <laughs> there were just, there like, were times that I just, I couldn't do another puzzle or pick up another Lego. <laughs> I just, I really, I was, I was at a really low place. And then when the, when schools finally opened, you know, after the kind of that first summer, um, spring and summer, which thank God that they did, because if we would have continued distance learning, I'm, I would have walked straight into the ocean. Um, it was. I mean, it was. It was, it was really hard. Um, so she, my daughter was going to school, and we would pass um, this church four times a day, up and back, up and back. And we, I saw the sign for the family fest. And again, it was still at a time when not a lot of things were open. There really wasn't a lot to do. And I said, you know what? We're going to sign up, and we're going to go to that. There's nothing else to do. We're going to go to this thing. And. um, you know, we, we did on, the, on that day, I remember my husband was kind of like, oh, you know, do we really want to go? And just because you had to pre-register, and I knew I would feel bad if, if I took somebody's spot. Somebody couldn't go because we got. And I'm like, yeah, we're going just really because of that. And, you know, we, and I know it said it was free, but it, we stopped and got money. And, you know, I remember just thinking, like, I hope this isn't too Jesus-y. <laughs> and uh, you, know, you always know my stories are true because um, I never look good <laughs> look good in them. Um, so we, we, got, we walked up to the registration table and, you know, gave them my name and I literally walked over that threshold and I immediately felt something I had never felt before. And it was just, it was incredible. And um, just walking around, seeing the people, seeing the served team people and just the sense of peace that they had. I just thought to myself, I don't know what it is, but I, I have to find, I need to look into this more. I need to find it. And I mean, truly it was, it was not be, because of something um, one person said or one person did, it was really the collective, um, it was the collective whole and it was, it was really cool. And ha- how do you ask me before we came, like in the parking lot, if you would have said like, is God real or do you believe in God? I don't even know what my answer would have been. I mean, truly, I don't even know.
1: So that, that's incredible think about that. So, you know, in a, few, in a few weeks, we're going to be doing this again. There's no part of what we do with these things that is menial or doesn't, doesn't mean anything. You have no idea what your story or how you're, you're serving can impact somebody's life. I just think that's absolutely incredible. So you, you come to church after that.
0: Yeah, we started coming to church, church in January. Yep.
1: So then you give your heart to Christ yep. and then you're, 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 you find yourself in a place like where a lot of us are. What do I do now? Tell bit right, about do do how now? you discovered your purpose and all that stuff.
0: Right. So then the following fall, when I, I finally was, you know, we I just again, with like the pandemic with small children, it was like back and forth. It was, are we going to shut down? Are we not? Like, what am I going to do? And I wasn't working. But when I finally um, I dropped my, dropped my daughter off at school that following fall and I said, no, that's it. I'm choosing like faith over fear. I'm going to, you know. Figure out what I'm going to do. Um, try, try to get a job or do whatever. And I just started praying, like God, show me what you want for me. Like I have this great opportunity where I don't have any. Um, I don't have any prior commitments. I sort of have my whole. Like everything is in, in front of me. Like, what do you want for me, God? Show me. And I never. I know some people pray guide me or like use kind of milder words. And I'm like, no, no, Lord, like give me the neon sign, the flashing arrow <laughs> and maybe a horn or something. So that I really know. And, um, you know, I had some just dis- in trying to find work, I had some disappointments and, um, mean, you know, things I really was upset about, like, Oh, I would have been great for that job or this or that and whatever. But, um, so through all of that, I really started um, researching like, what was going on with the schools, what was going on with the restrictions that we, the state had um, surrounding COVID. And I sued the state to try to get some normalcy back into our schools. And um, I, did that, I, actually, I did that in February, and that was eight days after I was baptized. So. That's
1: incredible. So, so you, you actually you, you did that, and it caused the, the state... Mm-hmm. to look it's at it time. and to change the policies. Yeah, it. And, it, and it actually wasn't just for us, but it actually went beyond Delaware. Yeah. Your, your your story got picked up nationally, yeah. which is absolutely incredible. So God used you in that moment. And yeah. just so you know, uh, tell them what you do, by
0: Oh, way. I am an attorney, yeah. But, but you know, I, had, I, hadn't, really been <laughs> in, I hadn't been in court for Something a long time. you like me time, just writing
1: right. right yeah, hey, a great Hey, you can do I, me a favor. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I hadn't been in court for a long time. And again, like I stepped back from work when I had my daughter. And it was just like, it was just one of these things. I truly just like... God's fingerprints were all over it, just kind of pushing me to do it. And I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's it's really wild.
1: So you get all these people who are listening to you now. If you could deposit one thing into them, talking about from your journey and purpose and stuff like that, what would you tell them?
0: Yeah, that God's plan for you is so much bigger than you could ever imagine for yourself. yourself. Because I really, I started thinking, like, you know, I'll get a little part-time job and, like, volunteer at the school. Like, that was my... Goal or my way, and, and God really just said, oh, "Oh no, beloved! Like this, this is for you."
1: So. That's incredible. Thank you, Janice. Thank you. <laughs> it's incredible when you place your life in God's hands. How He starts to not just satisfy your heart, but He starts to reveal the purposes that He has for you. For now and in the future. God created you to do something. He created you with a purpose. He did. And part of our discovery of that is those little steps. Those little steps lead to big things, but you got to take the little step. Some of you here right now, you won't take the little step because you want the big thing. God say, no, 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 no. Until you take that first step, you'll never achieve that big thing that I have for you. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What does that mean? God already has planned everything out for you. All you have to do is say yes and walk them out. God is always taking our experiences, our knowledge and he's weaving those things together to bring about your purpose and your future. So for us the goal is not to be stagnant. It's to continue to pursue him, to continue to grow. Become the people that God wants us to be. All of the little steps Second Peter 5, or excuse me, Second Peter 1, five through 5-8 says this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, everybody say increasing. increasing. In increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your faith has to continue to grow. You have to be continually increasing in your faith. That's the goal for us as believers. At Trinity, we love, grow, and share. We love God and people extravagantly. We are committed to growing in our faith and helping others to grow in theirs. We're committed to sharing our life, our stories with others. That's how important it is, beloved. All the things you encounter helps you to grow. Your victories and your defeats your faith moments and your failures in the hands of God, God can use them all. Let's look at the passage again. And we know that God, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. What does it mean to love God? I'm not going to go into huge detail since we talked about that last week. But for us, that word love is agapo, which actually means this. It carries the connotation of doing the right thing at the right time, for the right reason. Practical love. More than just words love. Your love for somebody has got to move beyond words and it has to to move into action. It has to move from your heart into your hands. Beloved, as a church, we need to talk less. Do you know why the world doesn't listen to us anymore? Because most of our words are hollow. Most of our words, how many times have you told somebody you're going to pray for them and you never prayed for them? Practical love. I'm not here to beat on each other, but just it's the way that it is. Practical love. Love has got to move from your heart to your hands. It has to become an action. Have you ever had anybody tell you that they loved you, but their actions showed something different? The church needs us practically, or the world needs us practically to show love. It's one thing to love God. We got that down. It's the loving people that we struggle with sometimes. Um, I'm always amazed at how God puts people together. So Robin and I, you know, um, we have a very interesting marital dynamic. Been married for over 30 years now. And in our relationship, you know, Robin is the steady Eddie and I'm the romantic one. So that means that romance is all on my shoulders. And Robin, she appreciates it, but she's just, she doesn't need all that stuff. So when we would have anniversaries and stuff, You know, she would say, happy anniversary, kiss, and I would have these extravagant things. Flowers, chocolates. I went away one time to Cuba. I was gone for 10 days, and I left her 10 little gifts that she could open every day while I was gone, so there'd be a little bit of TJ every day. What's better than a little bit of TJ every day for 10 days? (laughs) Dare I say, not much. (laughs) So we were coming up on our 10th anniversary, and I was busy, and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not going to go crazy this time. You know, Robin mails it in every year. I'm just going to mail it in. It's not that big a deal. We'll have a quick little thing. Maybe we'll go out for dinner. It won't be a big deal at all. So I go and I get her a card and I get her a sleeve of Reese's Peanut Butter cups because that's what she loves. So wake up in the morning on our 10th year anniversary and I kiss her. have. happy. Happy anniversary. Say, kiss her. She's all excited. I said, what's going on? She goes, well, um, can you come meet me in the living room? Now, I don't think I possess spidey sense. And I don't think I can tell if there's a disturbance in the force. But something in that moment told me, something's just not right. So I go into the living room and I sit down and Robin's all giddy. I said, what's going on, babe? Because well, it's our 10 year anniversary and I'm going, oh no, I know where this train's going. She goes, well, I just want to let you know. She goes, I, I really, I really love you and I appreciate you and all this stuff. She goes, and, and, and I remember, you know, she, she goes, I know you like to read. I'm, I'm a reader and I read Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. She goes, I know you're a reader and, and you were just talking about, you didn't think I was listening, but I was listening. And you were talking about, there's this guy Aragorn in the Lord of the Rings and how you relate to him and how he inspired you. And she says, I just want to let you know that I love you and I have your back and I'm inspiring you. She goes, so she says, I bought you something. At this point, I'm going, oh no. Because I know what's happening. She goes, I got you this sword. And I'm like, no. She goes, I know this is a sword from Aragorn. And every time you see the sword, I want you to remember that I believe in you and I love you and you can do this. And I couldn't feel inspired because all I could think of in that moment was all I got you was a card and a sleeve of Reese's peanut butter cups that I picked up at the wall. <laughs> I didn't even go to a real store. And in that moment, I looked at her, and please forgive me, I lied. I said, honey, and I got you, this is your, this is your first present. Your second present is so great, I don't even have it yet. In fact, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. Love in action. Love in action. Here's the moral of the story Is there action to your love? God causes all things to work together for the good of those that love God. Are you actively loving God as a verb, or is it just here? Are you a Christian in identification or in action? For us as a church, we have to be loving people practically. We have to love God practically. You will never reach your purpose. You'll never unveil. God will not unveil His divine purpose to you unless you actively pursue and love Him. It's the way that it works because your purpose is tied into His purposes, not just yours. Did you know that? Did you know that when you're in alignment with God's heart, then the things in your heart are the things that are in his heart. God brings all of them together. But that's an action, beloved. It's an action. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says this. Let all you do be done in love. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love is a verb. Do what he asks you to do. Let's finish this up. Look at the passage again. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. What does it mean to be called? The Greek word here is really simple. It means an invitation. It's not some special intergalactic thing. It means that God has invited all of us Not just a select few, all of us to go with him on an incredible adventure. He knocks at all of the doors of our hearts. He's calling out to all of us. The question isn't, is God called you or not? All of you are called to do something. The question is this, how do you answer his call? The phone is ringing for everybody. How do you answer his call? Do we say yes? Do we say no? No. Do we say maybe, which is a no? How do you answer his call? Jesus told a story about this. That's interesting to me. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus replied, it says, with a story. A man prepared a great feast and he sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests. Come, the banquet is ready. Verse 18. But they all began making excuses. Now, thank goodness we're not like these people. We never make excuses, right? I would do anything for God. But we don't want to be a meatloaf Christian. I won't do that. (laughs) Verse 18, but they all began to make excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. And another said, I've just bought five pair of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. How does one even try out five pair of oxen? Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. That's probably the most valid answer right there. My wife said no. Verse 21. The servant returned and he told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame." After the servant had done this, he reported there's still room for more. So the master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be filled. For none of those I first invited will get the smallest taste of my banquet. What's the purpose of the story for us? To remind you that the most valuable thing that you bring to the table Concerning your purpose and what God wants to do in your life, it's not your ability, it's not your your, your your incredible intellect, it's not your special gifts. It is simply your yes. God doesn't need your stuff. He needs your permission. He needs your yes. If you want to live out your divine purpose with what God wants you to be, with what He wants you to accomplish, give Him your yes. Do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that God wants good for your life? Do you believe that God orients your life to be able to receive good if you trust him? Then why on earth would you not say yes? Why would you not say yes? Well, pastor, I'm afraid it's going to cost me something. It will. It'll cost you everything. How many of you know that things that are valuable cost you things? They do. Look at the most valuable thing in your house. Probably cost you something, right? Say yes to God. And as you get used to saying yes to God in those little things, God will unveil the big things, which is your divine purpose. Don't despise small beginnings. So here at Trinity, we have opportunities for you to take little steps that push you toward your purpose, that lead you toward your purpose. We have a ministry expo outside. We need your help. Our church is growing like crazy. Our kids' church is exploding. If you have a tetanus shot, and you've been treated for PTSD. You can go down and work with the kids any day of the week. It'll be great. <laughs> I'm kidding. If you want to help to shape the future, work with the kids. I was here Friday night running a soundboard for the youth. I was a fill-in. They had about 80 kids here on a Friday night. About You know how exhausting it is to be with 80 teenagers? Do you know how fulfilling it is? I watched 80 teenagers Pressing into God, dancing, laughing, crying, allowing God to shape them. You tell me something, a better place to be on a Friday night than that. Chili's ain't all that. It is delicious, but it's not all that. Get involved. Find a ministry to get involved in. In a couple weeks, we're going to be ramping up for our family fest. We need your help. We need 200 fully empowered, fully devoted followers of Christ that can, again... Go into the area, and then we need more stories of Janus. Run into people that, that maybe don't have any direction or hope that God says, I want you to be there that day. What if God set everything up in the universe for you to be there that day to meet that one person because that was going to be that changed their life? Well, how do I prepare to do that? It's very simple. Say yes. We need your help. We need you to pray. we got to raise $13,000 for Family Fest. We need you to, to invest. Robin and I, we prayed. We have an amount that God gave us and so we're going to give toward it. Why? Because lost people matter to God and they matter to us. Action. Love is a verb. God's calling to you. Say yes. And then leave the details to him. So we're going to do, we're going to do two things here. I'm going to ask you to take a minute and Just, I want you just to spend some time with God I want you to think. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you just like he speaks to me. And then we're going to end with communion. Pastor Trisha's is going to lead us in communion. And then when you leave, I want you to spend some time and get involved in one of the booths out there. Ask God to direct you. So bow your heads with me real quick. Father, would you show us, Lord God, the things that keep us from saying yes to you? I want my love for you to be more than just words. I want it to be action. Show me what that means. I'll listen for the Holy Spirit.
0: Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.